This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome to the Nerds from the Underground. As always, I'm Michael, and once again, I'm joined by... Jazz! Hi, guys. Well, guys, we're going to do another Get to Know You episode. We heard all the positive feedback you had about our previous ones, so we're going to get to know Chaz a little bit more this week. But first, I wanted to check in. Have you read any good things this week, Chaz? Oh, man. This week, I did read some good stuff. I reread the Firepower Prelude since I knew you were going to be reading it. I brought mine back out. Uh, man, it is so good. I read that one months ago as a like advanced preview, but... It's uh, it's just as good this time around. I'm loving it. It's good. I'm only I just got to the part where his picture is found by the rest of the monks. Oh man, yeah. It's real good. I mean, it's it's like Iron Fist and Kung Fu, but a little bit more well refined. And it's been so long since we've had a really solid Iron Fist. So yeah, and I feel like this is that good Invincible Kirkman. You know what I mean? I don't want to say no, it is, yeah. that his other stuff is a bit more for me there's those two flavors of kirkman there's the walking dead the like grim and dour but emotional like it's still good but it's mostly negative i don't want to say negative feelings but it's that sad and then you got the invincible which is like your bright colorful mostly happy with some valleys of sadness that they overcome but i feel like firepower definitely is more the invincible hopeful tone of like coolness you know what i mean yeah i'm only like 30 pages in and this seems like the most kirkman's been on it in years like it seems like it's a good story his heart's really in it yeah that master too oh man yeah the master is great <laughs> so it's cool. such a spin on like your normal like kung fu master just he's so funny the way he like listens to music and ipods and he needs to get his air jordans like, yep his uh, Such... entrance fee or whatever is if he has good taste in music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's such a spin on like Italian, but so much, so much different. And it's like a different spin on it. Yeah. What about you? What have you uh, checked out this, this week? This week I read, which I know you already, you do already did read, but I read the 14th Tonkabon of Demon Slayer. It came to me on Tuesday, Ooh. and it was so good. It had such an epic battle and character development for Muichiro. And Mitsura got some more character development as well. Yeah. I'm really excited about that sword that Hazaneto's been forging that they found inside the testing dummy. That's got me, like, it seems like it's Demon Slayer's Excalibur, and I feel like it's connected to Tanjiro's past, definitely. Yeah. That testing dummy, too, was so such a cool oh, yeah. design, like, with all the arms that they had to put on there. That's so, so sick. sick. And then I, but also, I, that means that the one thing I want to ask is, is Muichiro and Tanjiro have to be related then, right? They almost seem like it, right? They have to be, because they're both descendants of Sunbreathers, so I feel like they have to be related somehow. Yeah, maybe like a mother-father or something, like a split down the line somehow. Yeah, and That's then cool. I read 30 pages of... Yeah, I read 30 pages of Firepower, which is great. And I also read the newest issue of Excellence, which was excellent, which I've been Man. really digging that series by Brandon Thomas, Carrie Randolph, and Amelia Lopez. I mean, I think it's been on fire. I think it's done a really good way of like building this interesting world with like all this magic and these different ways they use magic, but with real social commentary. And Donald Trump made an appearance in this yeah. week's issue. With the overseer Man, talking wild. to his like descendants and uh, or his ancestors, and Trump's like got a golf club and a red hat on, and is yelling. And I can hear it in his in his voice too. It's so awful. <laughs> it comes across so so well, but so bad. 
<laughs> yeah, and it, it's just such a series that's grown. Like, it just keeps mm-hmm. on growing. And now, like, I mean, now they did a great, like, future pop-in where I'm just like, wow, we're going to go this far in the future. Yeah. Which I'm really excited about. It was great. And I'm excited to finish Firepower. I'm pretty busy, but hopefully tomorrow I could sneak in the rest of it and finish it because so much what I've read has got me so excited for more Firepower. It's quick, too. I feel like you just can't stop once you start. <laughs> like, those last, like, 60 pages, you're just going to knock out. No sweat. Well, yeah, I just, I'm going to wake up early tomorrow. I don't have too much to do in the morning and finish it because I also have a lot of other books to read. you got to get these through with work and then True. also dealing with the, my own personal life, trying to read still. But I just get up early. I like it. I like the morning reading. But, uh... Let's get right into it. So we're going to get to know about you a little bit more, Chaz. I mean, we met That's in right. the world of comics, so I'm going to ask you, what got you into comics? What was your first like love of comics that got you hooked? What was the, what was the first thing that got you coming in more and more again to make sure you were reading the next issue? Man, so the first, the first thing that really got me into it was probably DC's Infinite Crisis event forever ago. I shouldn't say forever ago. It was probably, what, 12 years ago, 15 years ago? But that that was the first thing where I was like, I got to know what else is going to happen. And I got to get these other things that are going on in it. Because before I was much more a, a piecemeal reader. It was, oh, I could get something. I'll grab this. Oh, I could get a graphic novel at the bookstore or whatever. I'll just grab that kind of vibe. But it wasn't really until that event was going on that had everybody and some big universe changing decision in it that I really was like, hooked on the single issue experience and then that just opened it up to the rest of it so that was probably the the first thing that really got me into comics and then the thing that's kept me into comics for sure has just been the the wealth of stories that are available out there like from every genre and every everything you know what i mean they they really do stuff that i think other mediums can't in in a lot of ways so i think yeah just the comic form even if it's manga or any kind of comic i feel like they can do stories in such a way and show a story yeah it's just like a you know it's like a book but with great art too you could really give good character development over time and really feel like you know and love the characters i agree with you infinite crisis too is amazing yeah. i remember when it, that first came out as well and for me when i was in high school i read crisis on infinite earth and that was such a good follow-up to that and uh yeah what a what a cool let's close it and then let's open it back up like the <laughs> i love yeah, it it's, it's it's a great series it did so much yeah 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 it's a great book yeah the pull you in all right so that's the guy in comics infinite crisis older book definitely a huge one of those world one of the i would say when, it, when yeah. the books were still solid when it was just an event and it didn't have 500 tie-ins that, you know what I mean? It was pretty focused. It really felt like a meal, uh, like a like a pre-planned meal instead of a buffet. I feel like event season now for comics, especially mainstream comics, has become the sort of, here's the buffet, here's every option that you have. You can have as much of it as you want, and then it's like, well, is that one over there? Is that three-issue miniseries going to be any good? It doesn't matter. You might not like it, but it's fine. Just buy it anyways kind of vibe but i felt like infinite crisis definitely felt like this this is our meat these are our potatoes this is our salad this is our this all works together in such a good perfect way like yeah like that perfect meal cooked by a chef yeah there's no, like extra stuff it's just got the the meat and then the sides and that golden age of yeah. comic event yeah i miss those days i should also mention a little bit more about me what what also has kept me into comics is that professionally for the last 12 years i've been a a comic retailer 
with our local comic shop, your local comic shop as well, Maximum Comics here in Las Vegas. So that's that's been a really cool experience too. You've been a great retailer. Beforehand, I would have said Flying Colors in Concord, California was my favorite comic shop I've ever had. And Which now is Maximum definitely a okay because they're very good. They're a very good shop too. <laughs> no, they're a great shop. But yeah. I, I mean, we're actually friends now. Like the way you guys really get out there with your customers and really get to know them and really make you feel welcome when you're at the comic shop is something that's special. Yeah, very much. A, I feel like build that community. Not just yeah. of us, but in comics as a whole, I feel like is important. Yeah, Flying Colors is the same way, but I never made any actual personal friends from Flying Colors. There are people I would see all the time, also very friendly and great great retailers yeah. also, but just a very, uh, it's like a home environment. It's like my second home when I'm in Maximum Comics, which is a nice feeling yeah. to have. And if you're in the Las Vegas area, I would definitely go in there. It's unlike any comic shop I've been, all of my friends, you'll see Chaz, you'll see Angelo, yep. you'll see Alyssa. You'll see Jay, you'll see Ashley, they're all great. I felt like, was Jay there the other day and just left before he came or no? He was there real quick because he, he was checking in on some of the work we were having done since it was so hot this summer. I thought I saw him leaving when I was walking up. I was joking with Alexis that I was going to car. <laughs> she was like, don't do that. <laughs> like, just jump right in front of it. Just get behind it and slap it and then lay on the ground. What have you done? Yeah. I need free comics for a year. <laughs> My foot. Um. Jay's also awesome and such an awesome owner. He's yeah. he's one of the funniest guys he's, I've probably He's a met. really great dude, but that's definitely yeah. another big part of my what got me into comics. And what what's kept me into comics has been the ability to share it with so many people behind behind this Such a great time. The, the counter almost too. You know what I mean? Like that that's really yeah. awesome. So yeah. If you're in Vegas, check out their LCS. And if you're not in Las Vegas, also check out your LCS because it is definitely a time yeah. to support your shops. Yes, shop local, shop small. Yeah. We can do it. We can do it. Keep keep small businesses alive instead yeah. of big corporations. No, nah, they don't small need that. No, exactly. Yeah. I, I, the one thing which uh, I'd like to see come out of all this very weird time we're in, this Last of Us time period we're yeah. in, I really hope it'd be nice to see more small businesses survive than the larger corporations. But we'll see. Right. And then for my second question, Chaz, yes. is I'm going to ask you, who are your favorite filmmakers? What are the filmmakers that really grab your attention or when they come out with the film, you're like, I have to see their next film? Man, first first and foremost, as far as like, I got to see their next film and like, I'm always interested in what they're going to do. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, like that dude's filmography. Man, you just, I'm all I in. forgot, I forgot him like getting to know episode. That is literally one of my favorite directors and I just... I did for some reason not think of him. PTA is amazing. Man, I, I, he was once described to me, like, you know when somebody tells you something and then all of a sudden you're like, that's the perfect way to see it. And I've always thought this, but I never had the words for it. Somebody described him once, a, a buddy of mine said, Paul Thomas Anderson is like, if Stanley Kubrick and Quentin Tarantino had a baby. Stanley Kubrick's beautiful, like, per, purposeful filmmaking with that Tarantino dialogue and style almost you know what i mean not the quick cut style but that like coolness i guess that some of the tarantino movies carry you know what i yeah, mean yeah and it ever since then i was like man that's that's pretty perfect but like i think he's been working on something recently i hope so i need something no, phantom I, thread was I, great he definitely has phantom thread was amazing like i want another like I know that there's never going to be another magnolia but i want another experience like magnolia magnolia is incredible yeah, so he's definitely up there. Who else? Who else would be one of my favorite dudes? I mean, there's always the classics. If Scorsese comes out with something, I'm going to check it out. You know what I mean? You can't beat El Scorcho most of the time. 
I still haven't watched The Irishman because it's three hours long, and I don't. I don't think I'll have anybody. Uh, I, I watched it the first yeah. week. The first week it was on uh, Man, Netflix. I, I want it's to, good. but with some of it's those, really, like, I watched I want it though, that immediate. Experience. I watched it smartly. Yeah. You got to do it like this. If you're gonna watch The Irishman, watch an hour, and because it make it fits because there's different eras, and almost each hour is an uh, era. So I mean, what I did is I watched the first hour. Yeah. Then I watched the second hour, and then I watched the last hour. It's such a somber mobster film. It's probably the most somber film he's made. Did you see Silence? Like a lot of people said, it's more similar to Silence than like Goodfellas. Dang. And I think it, that's I something think, then. Yeah. Silence was definitely uh, very dramatic, like uh, Scorsese for sure, but not like a Goodfellas at all. <laughs> so I'm I'm interested to see how his mobster movie would carry that same sort of weight that way or that same sort of drama yeah that sounds pretty interesting actually i dug it it wasn't one of my favorite films of last year but i definitely enjoyed it it was i, I think scorsese kind of looking back and like all these guys he talked about and showing like really what happens to their lives and just like yeah how sad it is really for the life of a gangster and like what they have left at the end yeah. which is uh nothing yeah and then lately coming up uh, the sadafi brothers with uncut gems and good time the A24 guys. You're matching with me on here, yeah. This, oh, for I real? I brought the Safdie brothers up to on mine, yeah. Oh, I was man. talking about Good Time and Uncut Gems, and also they did a movie called Heaven Knows What, which is really good, too. Man, I haven't checked that one out, but I want to now, because Uncut Gems was so it's much sad. better. It's about uh, It's about a heroin-addicted couple, so I mean, if you... Oh, okay. You know the way they direct, so yeah. you've, seen, you've seen their movies, so just imagine the Safdie spin on that. Um, man, Uncut man. Gems was great. Man, wasn't it just so tense? But watching the, just watching Sandler, just oh my god, just slouch and shuffle and just he got an perpetually Oscar getting beat. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. And oh, what's his name? Is it Eggers? From he did the witch and the lighthouse. Oh, Robert Eggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's great pretty curious also, about yeah. what he's gonna be putting out. The lighthouse is a film, man. <laughs> it it's a. It's an experience. Yeah. You goddamn thoughts. Yeah, you goddamn thoughts. Uh, my favorite thing to yell at my partner. Um, <laughs> not a, not for any particular thing, but every now and again, I'll just be like, and you thoughts, you goddamn thoughts. I love it. There's such like a couple in that movie. Oh my God. Uh, totally. And so insanely well matched because yeah. Defoe should be such a, a presence that whole time. And he is. But Pattinson being the only other person in the movie really needed to stand out and super does like i i didn't doubt that he would be good but against defoe alone i thought it wouldn't there'd be the lighthouse next to a candle essentially but they both were excellent dude's a great yeah. actor yeah they're both are excellent but robert pattinson like with good time with that yeah. and now he's our batman which hopefully we'll actually see in october next year which uh i'm really excited to see his take on the cape crusader Same. that movie itself looks insane it really does. The Batmobile is literally like Paula. That's just like meshed up to look awesome. It looks so cool. Yeah. It looks like Mad Max car before it gets destroyed by like a dust storm. <laughs> Did you ever hear about Aronofsky's pitch on Batman that he wanted to do? No, but I would definitely watch a Darren Aronofsky Batman. So they hired him to do Batman and in his Batman, he made him homeless living in a garage. Alfred was a, a black mechanic that helped him. And he was basically like nuts. 
and he drove like a Cadillac. He basically had a Cadillac with bat symbols on it, and he had like his own home fit bat suit. And he was supposed to be old, like he wanted Clint Eastwood to play Batman. And I was like, "This sounds like <laughs> the Fisher King Batman." Movie. Yeah. Like it's Robin Williams, the Fisher King. Is yeah, Batman. it would have been unique. But of course, when he turned in the script, that's when uh, we got Nolan, which was also great. But that basically yeah. they hired him, and then he turned his script in, and Warner Brothers was like, "Oh no, we can't do this." Uh, there's there's one more thinking about this and thinking about Batman there's one more filmmaker that I want to throw out and I've only been thinking of him recently because unfortunately he passed away not too long ago but Joel Schumacher has had a very wide and varied career and most of it was pretty good I, I definitely enjoyed it my personal favorite Batman movie he did not my not what I think is the best Batman movie by far, but my personal favorite of Batman Forever. I read the other day that there might even be a darker, better Schumacher cut of that movie. One that grappled with like oh, wow. a lot more of the emotional trauma of Bruce seeing his parents murdered. That's why all those flashback things are in there, and it seems like not to tone with some of the other stuff. I guess he put together like a three-hour movie that had him dealing with all that, and then they were like, no, we want to we wanna have the blockbuster experience or whatever. And he was like, all right, Neon, a gang that glows in the dark. I don't know. They might have been in there too, but fingers crossed if they can release the Snyder <laughs> Cut, they can release the Schumacher Cut of Batman Forever. They can release the Schumacher Cut. I mean, I mean, to be honest, he rocks for kids. Like, that movie plays so well for kids. When it first yeah. came out, I was like 10. And I saw it like three times in theaters. Like I just had to keep going back. And that's why Batman and Robin, which also you directed, <laughs> devastated, devastated me so much. That was the first movie I saw as a kid that I went. And I think I was turning 12 or 13 when it came out. I don't remember what age. But I brought like all my friends from elementary school, from middle school. So excited for the new Batman. Yeah. yeah. And then I just like walked out and I was like a 12 year old kid being like, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> what the fuck was like, that? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Lost Boys is amazing. Man, big time. Uh, Flatliners. Flatliners. I was is just amazing. watching my yeah. Audacity thing, thinking about Flatliners right now, <laughs> with the like. Boop, boop, the original boop. Flatliners oh, yeah. is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and what yeah. a cast! Um, Keith Sutherland, Oliver Platt, yeah. Julia Roberts, somebody else that I'm forgetting. Charlie Sheen. Is it like Matt? Oh, there it is. I was gonna say Matt Dermot Mulroney. Remember? Uh, in the there first we go. One. Yeah, Dermot Mulroney, Charlie yeah. Sheen, Emilio Estevez, of what course. Wow. Yeah. Such a huge cast, yeah. Emilio! Oh. And Emilio is still huge. <laughs> you gotta tip my hat. Let's bring Emilio uh, back. Like so. <laughs> yeah, big time. Mighty Ducks 5. Oh, they're doing it, Mighty Ducks on Disney Plus, which. Oh, that's right. Which now they're like the top team in the world or something. And Lauren Graham, <laughs> Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls and her son, like, it's like the opposite of the original one. Can't get on the Mighty Ducks. Because they're so big, and so then they make their own team to play against the Mighty Ducks. So it's like an inversion on the first one. He's back in it as Gordon Bombay. I almost feel like it's like a Cobra Kai. It's like that revisionist history. we got to show you why the Wolves got to where they were before. Whatever the team was against the Mighty Ducks originally, the ones that were like, Hockey's life! You're you're 12, yeah. but you skate for me! Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is a good flip on that. we got to see, like, uh, once you have the top, you don't want to let go of the top. Even the ducks yeah. could be corrupt or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Once, yeah. once they got to the top, the ducks got corrupt. Only Lauren Graham can bring them down. Well, <laughs> yeah, those are those are some of my favorite uh, some of my favorite filmmakers and films and things. I I I gotta agree. I, I love all your choices. They're all filmmakers that I love. And 
All right, so audio check, we're good. And they're definitely, definitely agree with you. We did cross in the Safety yeah. Brothers. They were on mine as well. I can't wait to hey. what they do next. Even the Ghostbusters had to cross the streams to save the world. It's all right. Now I got to say, I mean, imagine a Safety Brothers Ghostbusters. Let's, Man. Let's, <laughs> that would be the most. Let's have the Safety Brothers God. redo the Ghostbusters. Visually, the aesthetic of it, I would love immensely. It would be terrifying. Like, it would look so good. The characterization, I imagine, would be almost too intense to watch them bust ghosts. I would want to watch them bust the demons inside themselves first, <laughs> and then and then go get some. They gotta fight some personal demons, and then they fight ghosts. I have to keep fighting these ghosts because I owe a bunch of money to these guys. <laughs> They're gonna beat me up. <laughs> They're trying to come into busting. my Ghostbuster thing, and they're gonna beat my ass. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. It's just a white knuckle of thriller where they have to continue to bust ghosts because Peter Venkman. They've got forty-eight hours before they kill Venkman. Yeah, they gotta bust him too. Uh, you don't bust these ghosts. We're gonna bust you. It's your last warning, or whatever. <laughs> this guy's not listening to me. Why don't we go open up the safe? Pull that lever over there. They don't want us to pull. Now, who you going to call and who? how are you going to get that money? Who you going to call? After, after he breaks his legs. Who are you going to call about that? Yeah. Huh? And Adam Sandler has to play Peter Benkman with, like, a handlebar mustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> be awesome. And then, and then uh, Ray will just have, like, a horrible drug habit, too. Ray's going to be <laughs> busting to... <laughs> Egon's making meth with uh, desperate, desperate to save his brother or something. Making meth with Janine in the the basement, (laughs) chemistry to to make extra money. Got to get it in somehow. We pitched it here first, Hollywood. The Safety Brothers Ghostbusters. (laughs) All right, and on on to the next topic. I'm glad that we spiraled out into the the comedy that we just did. Yeah, that was pretty good. I know we talk about a lot of, as Johnny will say, I'm a weeb, which I am, but me and you also talk a lot about here on uh, anime and manga. So what are some of your favorite anime and mangas? Maybe ones you haven't discussed about before with me. Man, top all-time animes for me. All all ones that I probably saw in those formative years on, like, Toonami or Adult Swim as those things transitioned, you know? But Trigun, I've always loved. Got that cyberpunk western aesthetic. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Even when it stops making sense for the anime, because, you know, they adapt stuff that they're not done with. There's a, there's a certain point, I feel like, like four or five episodes from the end where everything just, like, goes off the rails. I still love it. It's great. But that one's always been cool. The designs on everybody is always rad. That's, like, one of my top favorite ones just overall. I've also always loved Bebop, but I feel like that's on everybody's list. Right now, Demon Slayer, big time. The anime on that is super sick. I'm finally catching up the anime. It's so good. It's so good to be in such a fan of the manga. Seeing it all brought to life. If I wish Adult Swim would put them out quicker since they have that hold on the dub right now and she can't watch the subs. So, I mean, I'm watching it an episode per week. But yeah. And I don't cheat either. I could Release just like, right now, watch all of them and sub. It's been... No, I want to watch yeah. it with her. She's well, like, you don't want to do that, though, because then you're going to have to be like, whoa. Yeah, that was yeah. so She's crazy, like you never saw it. <laughs> it's so good. I do want to bring it up only because you brought it before, yeah. and you didn't bring it up here now, which I'm surprised is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. That was actually going to be my next one. I was okay. going to say Brotherhood, which is amazing, has some of the best, I think, overall like plots, just period. It's such a well-designed like ride that just always keeps... Every time it plateaus, it 
elevates itself again until you reach the the whole climax of the story man yeah it's so good and all of the acting and everything in it is just amazing it is great it's every time we watch it we have to watch it all like in a burst and watch the whole series i mean that might i think before i haven't watched a demon slayer anime yet but i've read i think it's comparable to demon slayer to me because definitely before i got into demon slayer i would say full metal alchemist brotherhood are probably my favorite anime i've ever watched just yeah it's such an experience and i i she doesn't like van hohenheim as much but i love van hohenheim i think he, Man, he rocks he's so good yeah the the curse of immortality like the the true cost of it i feel like was personified so well in him i love it yeah that that one's awesome one i feel like it doesn't get enough love and it's probably because it skates in the background of a lot of stuff and it's a weird one too uh but big o you remember that one no i Man. don't even you, see, it's you have to you have awesome. to educate giant robots but not a lot of them just like one or two and then giant monsters a city that experienced this massive memory loss these domed cities and these like out outside the dome like rougher areas of town uh and it's essentially about a private negotiator named roger smith who looks like like a anime bruce wayne and has a super dope batmobile style car goes to these negotiations to rescue people or do whatever it is that he's supposed to do deliver money do whatever and then every now and again when things get crazy he can summon this big robot called big o from the ground and he pilots it it shoots these big beams they have these arms that like each arm has this like giant pile driver thing on it they're super uh like pacific rim looking as far as their design pre-pacific rim of course but he like punches and then the thing comes down and it does this giant punch. It's yeah. it's super sick. It was so loved here in America on Toonami, I guess, that it originally ended on a cliffhanger and the, the studio that did it wasn't going to pick it back up. Uh, and then Adult Swim and Cartoon Network, Warner Brothers, basically, paid for the second season. They like co-financed it just to have it to show on TV. And it gets so weird that season. There's a lot in there that's sort of devsy as far as like simulated reality and memory and how that plays into things. Like if simulcrums are that much true to real life, are they really simulcrums then? So it's it's pretty rad. That sounds that sounds amazing. I you, now you put something I have to watch. I'll definitely ask her about it because she loves robots more than me. I that sounds like a robot show I'd like. For me, it was. Uh, I don't know, it's robots who came kind of saturated with anime yeah. and stuff like that, but that sounds no, amazing. Yeah, she, she just thinks I don't like robot things now, too, so she's like, oh, it's robots, you might not like it, but that sounds pretty awesome. She Maybe she's seen it. Is it from, like, the early aughts? Yeah. Or... yeah, definitely, like, that early early wave of, like, Toonami-era anime. So, yeah, early aughts, probably. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I guess Toonami, if you're listening, release your dubs quicker, or let it go off animation. What's weird is... It's completely off subject, but on subject is I think it's because Funimation did a dub and Manaplex did a dub for Demon Slayer. Is that Funimation was releasing Doctor Stone the same week it was getting released on Adult Swim. So when it got released on Adult Swim, then they would release it on Funimation the next day. But they're not wow. doing that with Demon Slayer, and that must be because I think Anaplex has some kind of exclusive contract with them so that they're the only one with the dub for a while. Oh, uh, that makes sense. If you're going to pay for it, you want to have some, like, little bit of exclusivity for sure well because then yeah but it's weird though because it's on a free app so i have to i have to go watch it because you said it's not on hbo max right 
Yeah, not yet. Once not it yet. is, if it's, if it's full on HBO Max, I'll be, uh, that'll be the time I get HBO Max. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll even just share my password with you. There you go, I just want to watch if Demon Slayer. It, if it pops up on there, yeah. We've been talking about sharing passwords recently to watch things. Sharing passwords, you got to get it done. Yeah. My favorite friend, Sharon Password. You know, like Sharon, mm-hmm. the lady. That way nobody thinks that we're sharing passwords, because, wow, well, we don't do that. Everybody never. pays for the stuff that they watch. Never or Netflix or, or Time yeah. Warner. Never. Or now AT&T. No. Never AT&T. Whoever it is. All right. But yeah, those are some of my some of my favorites. I'm sure there's more. Right now, Dora Hidoro, I'm trying to get through on Netflix. I'm loving. Johnny uh, loves that. That's like his bread and butter. It's pretty sick. I'm digging it a lot. The 90s skate culture in it is awesome. One of my also favorites, I don't want to let this one slip under the radar before we move on, anime-wise, Yu Yu Hakusho. I rewatched the whole thing all the way through on Hulu not too long ago. Still just as sick as ever. Great soundtrack. Super good look. I ask her about that all the time. I think she's seen it. It's good. I love it. I mean, it's just like tournament stuff and demon hunting. For me, it's the the music of it. Really like set it apart. I love the like almost synth wavy before synth wave sound. It's just cool. And you gotta watch Tower of God now. One of my favorite things about Tower of God is their crazy soundtrack. I watched the first episode last night. It was pretty awesome. Pretty wild. Just the the monster that he had to fight right at the, right from the jump. And that weird curator guy. Not curator. He drawn the bunny guy? Yeah. He seems awesome but also hey. like dark you know what i mean one of those i look cute but i'm dangerous so i'm excited to see what happens with him it was a great first season but yeah those are some of my favorites if you haven't checked them out big o yu yu Hakusho, cowboy bebop demon slayer trigun boy just a big time early odds oh full metal brotherhood not full metal just brotherhood don't there's two don't be tempted just do brotherhood brotherhood's so much better they're both the same for the first 13 episodes and then they're way different and way better and well that's because brotherhood's a direct adaptation of the manga yeah from the creator of the manga because what happened was kind of like with trigon is they didn't want to wait for the manga to get finished and the original full metal just went their own direction after it's a really interesting watch if you want to imagine how the series could have ended if like david lynch came in and just started doing stuff Hey, here's just here's just some. Um... Did, did you see the movie from the original series? Yeah. You know what I'm talking Conqueror about? Shambhala? The one where he goes in, the one where he goes in Nazi Germany. Yeah. Where he has to like, <laughs> where they make the circle by putting himself yeah. in like Envy's mouth and squishing himself or whatever. Uh, yeah. And Fritz Lang is like the Führer, but not the Führer. Like, oh my gosh. Uh. Yeah, that was a wild one. I even bought those video games at the time for the PlayStation because I was like, this story is sick. I want to be able to do some sweet alchemy in a game. And it was, the novelty of it wore off real fast, but it was still cool. So, Full Metal Brotherhood, get on it. It's awesome. And then also Demon Slayer is like the best thing I've read in a very long time. It was my uh, pick of the year on the nerdies, uh, which I got called, I definitely weep for, but I don't know, something about, uh, I can't wait to do the anime, but just the manga experience of it is something so rewarding. I don't know. I love reading it. It's so good. Yeah. I couldn't stop the other day. Like I told you, I've been reading it digitally. I just overtook you and I felt real bad about it, but I didn't even realize because I just kept going. I just didn't want to stop reading. No, I feel you. It's literally like I said, every day it's a test. Once we get closer to the birth of Willow, like around October, I'm going to still get it all physical. So I own it. And so I like share with her when she's growing up, but once I know I'm going to be too busy to read, I'm just going to finish it. So I think yeah. like in October, after I get my volume in October, I'm just going to sit down with my Viz app and just read the rest and then be like, and I'll let you know too. So you can both read it and be like, oh my God, 
Yeah. I'm so ready. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to finish it. And I can't then see it animated. And I can't wait for the Mugen Train drama coming out. All right, so final question of it, which Johnny also got to me, is what bands and what type of music do you love? Well, what I love is that sort of 80s new wave. That's always been high on my favorites list. So anything, anything really from there. I listen to a lot of whatever is on, kind of. I guess my more more recent faves that I can name for sure. The new Beach Bunny album was really, really good. If you're looking sort of summery, I don't want to say pop punk, but pop punky album. It's just a really cool thing all the way through. And then Tennis, their new album, Swimmer, was super duper good. Those have been like my two soundtracks to my summer so far when I'm not just doing like Pulp or Tears for Fears or <laughs> some of those guys. So Pulp's amazing. Pulp? Pulp and Tears for Fears are both amazing. Oh, I saw them man. live here That's like two like, years ago, so Tears for Fears. Oh, I remember when they were here for that. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. They played with... Who else was there? Was, uh... It was somebody good. Uh, it I was uh, somebody good, but it was like another eater. big name. Hollow uh, Notes. Hollow uh, yeah. Notes, yeah. I went with my grandmother to see Tears for Fears and Hollow Notes, and Hell I yeah. was just pumped for uh, Tears for Fears. She likes Hollow Notes. Man, Hollow Notes too, right? No, yeah, they rock. Yeah. Dude. Paul, he's still out there rocking it. He literally, for his age, like, and like platinum hair and flat uh, iron yeah. and just like coming out like I'm talking like, about yeah, the man. kiss being on its list like i could see it put it on my list too but those those are definitely my my jams lately i don't know who beach buddy or tennis are so now i have to check yeah. them out because it seems like our our tastes are similar because i love synth and 80s wave that's what i like drive yeah little like neon indian and stuff i think that may have been my favorite movie of the last decade that we're just now closing out the movie was just like a simpler experience it really was. It felt like, I would almost say like a comic just brought to the screen. No context, no nothing. Just watch these people go. This is the world they live in. And you're just like seeing it, a part of it. It was an experience. I, I'll never forget the first time I watched Drive. And then the like hundred times I watched it after I saw it the first time. But yeah, no, Tennis is pretty solid. They're a little like, uh, they're a little like stars or with a little bit of like a softer sound. Um. But they really land. I feel like the emotional like component of the songwriting is super good on both of their sides. But Beach Bunny's definitely a lot more poppy, a lot more ready for summer, with a little okay. bit of that angsty sort of teen vibes of like longing and loss of boyfriend or girlfriend or like seeing them move on. You know those kind of songs that always resonate because all of us are 15 inside for forever. Um, we are, yeah. yeah, yeah so, we all remember those feelings. Yeah, so that Beach Bunny album has a lot of that kind of vibe, and then I I feel like Tennis is just a... That Swimmer album is definitely a, a much more mature sort of experience. It's just really good all the way through. I think it's only like 45 minutes. It's pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I have to check out both those both those bands then. Yeah. These Get to Know You episodes are fun. Uh, I like going off the cuff. I yeah. I, I think maybe we do weekly check-ins in the future and do stuff like this. And I mean, it's great talking about a Benny Safdie's Ghostbusters. I mean, now we can just ramble about other movies that the Safdies can do. And then I was actually just thinking that, like, yeah, if they did Drive, can you imagine that that experience? Drive remade, but by them with Pattinson. It would just, yeah, I, I... man, I'd even take a shot for shot. No, I'm just kidding. Not that. I, I I hate when directors are just like, watch me do this shot for shot remake. That's not really a good, you know what I mean? Like when uh, yeah, I know. Like, they did it with Psycho. Like when Gus like, Van Sant did it with Psycho. 
There's yeah. been a lot of why, like love. Why coming. do you want to do that? I don't know, but there's been a lot of new love coming out for people expressing how they actually love that movie. But I, I don't. Gus Van Sant Psycho. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't understand the shot for shot remake thing either. It's even weirder when directors do it themselves. Yeah, the like funny more, games. I kind of like that though. Yeah. I kind of like the funny games American version more, but it's mostly just for Michael Pitt's insane performance, which. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that I watched them both. Once I learned for sure that it was a shot for shot remake, I was like, well, I gotta know. And I watched them both, and I feel like there is a difference for sure in Michael Pitt and the the character that he plays in the Danish version or the Dutch Dutch Danish. It's Dutch, I think. Dutch Danish, I think it might be Danish. I'm sorry, director of both these movies. I think Anyways. it's uh, Michael Haneke. So we're sorry, Michael Haneke. Yeah. I'm sorry if we're, we're yeah. I feel we're, like we're, I'm, I'm we're saying the wrong here, country. But, Norwegian. Um, I I don't know. I'm um, very appreciative yes. of your work if you're listening. But I agree that I think if they do it themselves, there's a difference. I do want to see what they thought they could do better or what another performer can bring to just the role kind of vibe. Because I do think that Pitt was way creepier. Even as, like, compatriot in the American one, both of those guys were just way grosser, kind of. You know, more menacing. Yeah, Brady Corbett's really good in that movie, yeah. too. And that was, like, the first time he was, like, as a child actor and then moving into a really weird and... Uh kind of interesting character actor now he directs movies he directed that movie it was really good i can't remember what it's called though it's uh where natalie portman is a singer she's famous a lux oh vox lux vox lux yeah Yeah. that's a good movie that was pretty wild one the terrorism plot and stuff yeah yeah that was cool a weaponized lady gaga Let's just think real quick. Let's, let's pitch real quick for <laughs> the fun good. of the show. Weaponized Lady Gaga. There's the title. Getting to know you. A weaponized Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. <laughs> let's just think of Safety Brothers comic adaptations. I'm looking over. I want to throw some hero ones. But how about the Safety Brothers Harrow County? Like, imagine that. I, I, I could see that. But I I feel like they work better in a city setting, kind of. Like, Safety as much Brothers as I Daredevil. Like... Oh, fuck. Forget about it. <laughs> that That is... Kevin Feige, if you're also listening, besides Michael Haneke, Fred, Fred's going to come back and be like, both Michael Haneke and, and freaking uh, Kevin Feige listen to the show. Kevin, if you're listening, you need to hire the Safety Brothers to do Daredevil. That'd be awesome. You know what I would want, superhero-wise? Gotham Central by the by the brothers. Oh, that would be amazing. I feel actually, like they like... would carry just the right amount of like the corruption Gotham needs to exist with. <laughs> With a nice, like, uh, hopeful pessimism, I guess. Like, I feel like their movies end, and I'm like, all right, well, good things sort of happen, <laughs> but bad things happen. We're almost reaching him. Let's have fun. Let's spin out another, like, I'm going to, let's spin out some of our directors I think are interesting with comic book adaptations. This is a fun thing to do. I, yeah, this you know what cool. I'd love? Ah, what? Alex Garland's Saga. Oh, man. Yeah. Imagine that. That would be incredible. That would be super good. I feel like uh, another good one, Danny Boyle doing Danny Boyle's Day Tripper. Yeah. Because it, it would also have that same, like, ultimately it was a good ending, even though it's a bad ending. Oh, Danny like Boyle's Day Danny Tripper would be movie. perfect. That'd that would be, be so pretty good. cool, though. Yeah. Andy Serkis doing a Gorillaz movie would be cool, but he would motion capture all of them, so that would be that would be pretty sick, but yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. super watch a Vietnam War movie with gorillas. Yeah. Actual gorillas. Yeah. Man, that would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. Man, Alex Garland's yeah. saga would be awesome. Alex Garland's Ex Machina would be awesome, but not his Ex Machina oh, me now. Too. Yeah. The other Ex Machina. I know, yeah. Oh, man. 
Yeah. That's so much that content, awesome. though. I feel like that'd be almost better as... I'd actually want to see him uh, get a, yeah. do that. Here's what like, it's unfortunate it can't happen because the filmmaker's long past, but Jim Henson's Descender. Yeah. Oh, man. That would have been... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be wild. I would do Paul Thomas Anderson's Uther, the Brian Azzarello Bermeja one. Oh, yeah, that would be incredible. Where it's just, like, slow, methodical, and he's just Paul taking Thomas step Anderson's over Paper and Girls. stuff up. Um That'd be pretty cool. Um, Steven Soderbergh's Mark Millar's Super Crooks, which was already Oceans, but I feel like stylistically, I want to see them robbing bad guys that way, <laughs> basically like the Oceans movies. That would be awesome. Another one I was just going to say, and then I get in is another filmmaker long past, but imagine Stanley Kubrick's Black Science. Ooh, man. That'd be like a like a 15-hour experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like the whole... Get into kind of like the themes and stuff of, yeah. uh, of Grant's journey. But, I mean, this has been fun. We're having fun doing this. I hope you are all having as much fun as we are talking about these weird movies on the Skin to Know episode. If you have any, any ideas for what comic book properties you'd like to see any director adapt, tweet at us. Please, when you listen to this episode, tweet at us. Tell us yeah. what directors you want to see adapt one of your favorite comic yeah. properties. It can't no get any weirder than it is. Get weird. Like, so as we go say, get weird with it. But, <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Maybe it could. No. Maybe it could. You can't. Oh, you got a Maybe it could. Yeah, bring him up. Uh, yeah, all you guys out there. Yeah. Joe, Joe Goose, Blake, any of you guys, throw, throw, out, throw out your picks. Well, all right. This has been a great time. As always, we are a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Network. Remember, guys, to write, review, and subscribe on our page. We love having your listeners here. You mean a lot to us. As always, I'm Michael. You can find me on Twitter as PoetAir33. And... I'm Chaz. You can find me on most social media under Chaz Simons. And all of you, love yourself, love others, be good to others, and have a good day. Thanks for listening, and wash your wash hands. Wash your hands.